Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty Ten on the Twitter handle. It's another happy Monday, and I'm joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C McDonald on a Twitter handle. Good morning, Aidan. How are you? I'm good, Tony. How are you? Good. Uh, good weekend. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's all helped. Did you have reasons to be cheerful? One, two, three. Yeah. Something like that, indeed. Another Celtic Dar reference there, there you have it. Anyway, before we do anything, I'll just direct you to the ticker tape running along the bottom. You know what I'm going to say. Subscribe to the Celtic Way and support top quality football journalism covering the club you love, and it'll cost you two pounds for two months for unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. We've had some wonderful stuff on the website over the weekend. All for the click of a button, guys www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe that's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe and we also say thank you to Seneca and as you know by now Seneca are the leading hair transplant company in Europe and they do all sorts of innovations and you can read more about Seneca via the links on the on the website and under this podcast so we say thank you to Seneca and we say thank you to everybody that's already subscribed to the Celtic Way. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a wonderful weekend, Aidan. Celtic season was supposed to be on a sugly peg, going to Tyne Castle to face Hearts. Didn't turn out that way, did it, Aidan? No, it didn't. It was a very kind of accomplished and dominant performance given the pressures going into the match, I think. Maybe even though Celtic have been playing well, I think it was fair if you were a wee bit nervous going into it, given playing away at Tyne Castle, Scottish Cup quarter-final, it being such an important game. But no, the, the team equipped themselves really well and it was sort of a really comfortable game in the end, Tony, to be honest, particularly after the, the first half performance. It took us all of two minutes, Aidan, to find our stride. A wonderful goal, wasn't it? A Jota scampering away down the wing and Aaron Moyes finish. Clinical Eden, and after that, I thought, well, I actually thought, okay, Celtic are in the mood. How many is it going to be? And I thought my four-one prediction was looking good, Eden, even at that that point. But yeah, three-nil win. Goals from Moy, Jota with the, yeah, sorry, Kyogo with his twenty-sixth, and Cameron Catlaver because we his first goal of the season. But as you say, it was really dominant, wasn't it? Clinical and professional. The two words that spring to mind for me, Aidan. Yeah, it was, and I, I think you're quite right to think when that goal goes uneasy, to, eh, oh, sorry, Tony, that it's going to be a sort of a scud in the end. But no, it was, <laughs> it, it was, even though it wasn't one of the highest scoring games of the season, it was just as dominant as a few of them. So, apart from that save that Joe Hart made, that I'm sure we'll come on to, Hearts didn't really have a lot to do, and that was not just Hearts not creating a lot, that was Celtic defending really well. And also being kind of strong from the front. So, no, yeah, overall, it, it was really positive. And I think, given, once again, just to repeat myself, given the pressures of the game, it was it was a really good performance. John Hill, great performance. Add it from the start, the usual Celtic style, yes. And, and you see, maybe not reflecting the scoreline, but I thought it was an Inverness clack and a cudden. You know what I mean? They got a 3-0 scum. You see the double save from Joe Hart, but the manager would say that's what he's there for. So... Pete McGee, Tin Castle wasn't just comfortable, it was a Celtic and Ange masterclass. We like the word masterclass, don't we, Pete? Outstanding, and we still didn't hit top gear. Yep. 
Jerry McCann coming in, walking the park, Tony. And <laughs> yes, decapitated was the kind of buzzword going into that one, wasn't it? Uh, Aiden, but there you go. Early goal by Aaron, Aaron Moy, Aaron, Aaron Moy helped away big time, and it was well taken. After all, it was an outstanding technique because it was, it was it was a great ball in, but it was a uh, it was brilliant. Just the way he controlled it, and you know goalkeepers get no chance. You know, two minutes in, first real attack, Aiden, you're one 0 up. I think everybody just kind of went and breathe, you know. And Tynecastle is one of those places, Aiden. I, I, I refer to it as a bear pit. Or on Friday, and it is, and it's a brilliant, uh, a brilliant stadium, brilliant atmosphere. I just, from where I was sitting, and we were right in amongst the Hearts fans, they never get much to get excited about, apart from that double save. But even then, I never really heard the that you know, castle role that you get. I just thought Celtic quelled them and quieted them down very quickly, and the midfield just bossed it from start to finish. Yeah, I think obviously that early goal does help. Just sort of. Killed the atmosphere, to be honest. I mean, there was a sort of narrative, and it's been the case in the past, to be fair. It's not based off absolutely nothing. The hearts were going to come out of the traps quite quickly. And the fact that uh, Moy scores when, you know, just about two minutes in, that kind of prevents that from happening. It means that really, hearts just couldn't really get out of their own way after that. And they did have that chance, but outside of that, there was very little. And I think any game plan they did have was pretty much ruined by Moy's early goal, which is why it's always such an ideal time to score. And after that, the team just didn't oil it back, to be honest. Now, we've spoken about the Moy goal. Let's talk about Kyogo Furuhashi's impudent little flick. Uh, tremendous stuff, Aidan. Uh, 26 goals for the season. And there's that kind of bit where Andy's got his hands in the air and you can see Robin Nielsen's face. He's just completely sick because it's right on the, more or less on the stroke at half time. To me, it's the clincher. It's the goal that wins the game. I think Celtic were very comfortable after that. And I think in that instant, Robin Nielsen knew it as well, didn't he? Just didn't see his team coming back from that. Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine Nielsen was probably thinking the fact he created so little. When they're obviously 1-0 down, you are still in it to an extent. But when it goes to two, he probably knew that was pretty much game over. And yeah, it was really after that. But Kyogo, everything about that goal was excellent. Another assist for Alistair Johnson, a really good cross from him. And then the flick, the flick was super. It was one of those goals that every every time you see it, it gets better. The sort of classic kill goal run across the face, and the way he just flicks it in was so satisfying. And you know, you're only doing that if you're playing with a lot of confidence, which obviously Kyogo is. As you touched on, 26 goals for the season there, and it's feasible that he's probably going to get 30 or at least over that now, Tony. Just mm-hmm. given it feels like he's scoring pretty much every other game at the moment. So yeah, it was great to see him yeah, continue getting on the score sheet, and yeah, he was he was definitely one of the best performers on the weekend. Now, Michael Ross says here, what does he say? Let me get this up. It was like swatting an irritating fly away. Michael Ross has obviously read my big match verdict because I said that, and I put it in the comments, guys. I said it was like swatting an irritating fly away on a window with the newspaper. I said even. Take that. And I think that's what Celtic did. And I think we'd have to mention Joe Hart's double save. Tremendous the way he got low down to his left and then to punch the ball away. And that was it. That was Hart's resistance. That was the moment that they had. That goes in. It might have been different, but could have, would have, should have. It didn't. And the goalkeepers there to stop those kind of shots going in Aiden. And I thought he did really well. Yeah, it was a really good save from Hart. I mean, 
there's maybe been a couple of games recently and Hart's been getting a wee bit of criticism, not necessarily for his short stop and more for his, his distribution, but which I, which I thought actually was quite good when it had to be at the weekend. But yeah, he, he made a strong save there on the second one as well. He's very brave diving and all that. He did get a bit of a kick, which he sort of bounced back up and made clear the referee that he wanted to know why that wasn't a fribble, which you like to see as well. It's important to have that edge. But yeah, no, it was a really good save by Joe Hart and a really, really important one. Sort of moment you could you'll probably look back at at the end of the season if Celtic do potentially uh, win the Scottish Cup along with the league. That that was a key moment in the match or a key moment in the season. Sorry, don't mention the treble leading. Somebody mentioned it to the manager and he said we're focusing on Hibs. It's not not allowed. Gary McDowell says should have been a foul on Hart. I think it's understandable that the Celtic fans are. Uh, hoping that they can complete the domestic clean sweep. They're watching a team, you know, at times when they play in their own song, it's poetry in motion, so it's understand that they're maybe getting slightly ahead of themselves, but listen to the manager, Hibs. We've got Hibs, mate, and then we'll concentrate and getting after the international break and busting through the tape, he said, or heading, in fact, he said heading for the finishing line. It was me that said they're busting through the tape the way they're going, so, you know, yeah. And he thinks they're a stronger team than they were at the start of the season. And he and he said they were a good side at the start of the season. So if they're a better side, they don't. Yeah, you're uh, you're confident in what this team can produce under this manager. Yeah, and that once again shows the strength of the recruitment as well, Tony. The fact that everybody I think was overall pretty happy with the squad coming out of the uh, summer transfer window. So the fact that Andrew has went and proved that again just shows you the. How, how strong we are in that department at the moment as well. Now, here's one Raymond Harden, and I said this at the time to the person I was sitting beside. The media didn't highlight the penalty claim for Celtic. That's the one when Andy Halliday clattered into Johnson, despite the fact he'd, uh, he'd crossed the ball. Now, I've seen one in particular that springs to mind was an award against Celtic at Petodre when there was a, a late challenge by the Celtic fullback. Can't remember who it was at this particular time. Hopefully, somebody in the comment section. But Celtic were penalised for that even a while ago. I actually thought it was a penalty because, despite the fact that he's got the ball and Andy Howard, he's came in and just cleaned them out. You know, so I, I was, I was asking the question, and I thought it it could have gone to a VAR decision, but it clearly didn't. So uh, I don't know if you remember at the time it was on Alistair Johnson by Andy Howard. Were you claiming for a penalty at the time, or did you think? Yeah, it was, it was in the first half, wasn't it, Donnie? Yeah. I, I thought it was a penalty, to be honest. I mean, it probably did became, become one of those things that people forgot about, just given the performance yes. and the result. But as we mentioned before, that's not really the point. If it's a penalty, no. it's a penalty, regardless of whether you're 1-2-0 getting beat 2-0. Uh, yeah, it, it did look like one of those ones in the fact that it was just kind of moved on from... Uh, I know, obviously, VAR's checking all the decisions, but the, the fact they didn't you know, get stopped and the ref think you asked to look at the monitor... Because uh, it did, it looked, it did at the very, the absolute minimum, it looked like something that was worth with an extended check rather yeah. than, you know, just a move on from it sort of thing. But it, it did look like a penalty to me, Tony, uh, to be honest. But yeah, it was, I think one of the commenters actually saying that it was 1 0. So I'd said, I'd said it was 2 0. So yeah, that makes it even more important. It, it was, I, I, in my opinion, it was a penalty based off examples you've seen in this season. Yeah, uh, that's the sort of one. I mean, to be honest, even before that, it was a pretty strong challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. argue that it, it's not always something that maybe even needed to be looked at retrospectively. 
because uh, it, it was maybe something that should have just been given as a penalty, but yeah, I, I take it yours the same point of view, Tony. Of no doubt, and good old commenters. I knew that somebody would come in and good friend Steve McGlory's come in and see that it was Emilio Izaguirre on McGinn. I remember it now. Just uh, I, I remember the incident in my head. I knew it, what had happened. Just the two protagonists I couldn't remember, but yeah, Emilio Izaguirre on McGinn, yes. And it was the exact same incident, and apparently it was given so... That's why I was asking the question on Saturday. And as you say, it was at a vital time. It was 1-0 at a time, as the commenters have said as well. So, yeah, it could have had a, a big bearing. Thankfully, it didn't. Now, Aidan, performances, you'll be surprised, or maybe not surprised to know that most in the player ratings from my good self fluctuated. In fact, most of them got eights. I can't remember, them, maybe one seven, but two got a nine. And those two that got a nine were Aaron Moy and Jota. For me, people say Cameron Carter-Vickers should arguably have got a nine, but he fluctuates between Cameron Carter-Vickers eight, Stoke nine. So, <clears throat> you know, but I just think Aaron Moy, see good players. Good players always make space and have time. And every time Aaron Moy picked the ball up, he just had space and time. And I'm and I'm and I'm bringing it into the kind of the situation, the context of the game. This was supposed to be a Hearts team who were going to get rattled in about Celtic. And you expected a Hearts team to get rattled in about Celtic. But every time Celtic midfielder picked up the ball, they had space and time. Just because they were playing round Hearts, they were shunting it. I don't think any player took more than one or two touches at any given stage in that game. Which is why Hearts couldn't lay a glove on them. Because it was quick, it was slick, but it was effective. And I thought Aaron Moy just... He, he was. I mean, the whole midfield was, was brilliant. You know, so and uh, Pete Meachie, come on, come on to Tony Hattati was a nine, <laughs> nine for Bill. You know, so it depends what you say, but I, I just thought Aaron Moy was terrific and he always had space and time. Hattati was the same, always had space and time. And McGregor, what I liked about McGregor was uh, he's a he's a footballer, Aiden, but he's no slouch in the dark arts department. And when the big man took out the two players, Hattati and Kyogo, in the same kind of movement, <laughs> McGregor went in and cemented somebody right after that. I think it was Hill, and then because he'd a word with Kevin, Kevin Clancy, and he said, "You've just stood and watched those two, and it's two getting filled by your man." And so he, the next thing he did was he cemented somebody, and then he said to Kevin Clancy, "Well, you got to let him away with it, then you're not booting me." And I loved that about McGregor because I thought, "Excellent, stand up for your teammates," and uh, I kind of noticed that, and I was laughing at the time when I thought. Clancy better no book him because he's just watched a guy cement two Celtic well and had a word with him so and he didn't so thanks for letting that go but I like that about McGregor. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely sort of got the balance of being a phenomenal footballer which we've known for years and also <laughs> getting stuck in to, <laughs> to be unanalytical about it. Uh, he he's very good at that and I think you need that and a captain. Scott Brown was also superb at that but could also play as well. And I think the fact that you've had that sort of continuation with yeah. Gregor in terms of how he performs as a captain that is really important because you need somebody like that to be going to stand up because not every player in the team is going to be sort of bouncing straight back up after they get filled because it's not in everybody's nature. Mm. So the fact that you've got McGregor, I think Alistair Johnson's quite good at that as well, or sort of mm. getting in the opposition's faces. So, yeah, no, it's a really important factor. And just, just on Moy, uh, I, I think just his understanding of the space and how he uses it around him is phenomenal. I mean, he, I'm sure he would admit himself he's not the quickest player. But he's not to be the I mean, he's not he's not slow. 
it's not like he looks like he's towing a caravan or anything like that. Obviously, like he, he, he can still move pretty efficiently, but he, he's not as quick as somebody like Hitati or McGregor because obviously, you know, he is a bit older. He's 32, isn't he? So yeah. the, the way he sort of can just use, always seems to have an extra yard of space to almost keep up with Hitati and McGregor, but obviously he's not running as fast as them. So he's only maybe thinking like two or three steps ahead, particularly of the opposition midfield. and. That just he's just been he's been such a good signing, Tony. And look, when it, when he did come in, I'm not going to say I, I was the most excited about him joining. And I think a lot of people are probably the same in that. I know there was a few uh, Australian viewers at the time that were saying, "No, oh, you know, he's a real deal. Will be a good sign." And I won't admit it probably did take me a wee bit longer to get on board. But since I saw uh, he performed obviously well at the World Cup for Australia, and since then, uh, post post that tournament, he, he's been phenomenal. Seven goals as well. It's, Excellent, mm-hmm. seven goals, five or six assists. So his output's been phenomenal, and yeah, he's he's, he's probably. I feel with change, who's going to be Celtic Player of the Year every single uh, briefing tone, and there probably is recent bias in it, like a lot of things. But I think he's definitely somebody that's in, in the discussion anyway for a lot of people because he's he's, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Pete G comes in and he says the way Jota kept looking up to see where Moy was before the perfect. Cross pass for Moyes finish for the first goal, unbelievable. Yeah, thought Jota was outstanding. I really did. I thought he was excellent. Uh, you're seeing signs of the old Jota coming back, Aiden, which is always a good thing and a worry for a uh, Scottish opposition. Yeah, and I think I, I know with like Jota this season, there has been a bit of debate about uh, whether he's been as good as last year. But I mean, I know it's not all about numbers, but if you do look at the stats, I think he's like 10 goals, nine assists. And they get 13 goals and 14 assists last season. Um, and I know he did have a bit of a significant spell out last year, round about kind of Christmas and in, in, no, not Christmas New Year, at the end of, end of last year, I think it was, uh, or the end of 2021, sorry. Uh, 20, the, the kind of winter period in last season, if I'm, I'm wording it correctly. I think he has, a, I think he, he is pretty near that stage. He's maybe not been as effective all the time, but just, when I was looking at his numbers, you know, he's, he's not that far off. And I think it's feasible he probably gets four more goals this season and four more assists, Tony. I don't think that's unrealistic given <laughs> the sort of numbers he's been putting in recently. So I don't think he's actually that far off, really, what, uh, he, how he was performing last season, to be honest. But I think what the difference is, there's so many players performing well for Celtic this season. Whereas at times last year, it maybe felt like Jota was carrying the team Kyogo was carrying the team, then that maybe that spell sort of after uh, the winter break, Hitati, Yakimakis, whereas it, the whole team sort of playing well now, so maybe sometimes he's going to be a bit more unnoticed or he's not having to sort of win a game himself because he's got plenty of teammates running about that can carry him to that. So I just wanted to touch on that. I think his actual numbers are relatively mm-hmm. similar at the moment, to be honest. Indeed, and I, that's a good shout. And also, I tell you what, I, I really liked as well. Didn't like the fact Starfield went off injured. Yeah, yeah. That was wasn't, a, wasn't happy with that. That was a shame. But, yeah, manager said he'd spoken about it before the game and anything. But I really liked Kobayashi when he came on. He took one out of the air with his knee at one point, And I was like, wow. I mean, it was like hurtling towards him. And you're thinking, okay, how's he going to cope with this? Tofi just brought it down in the thigh. And he was just like, and away he went. And I'm thinking, you're doing for me, big man. He just strolled that. And he didn't look... Uh, you know, didn't look uncomfortable at all. Looked as if he'd been playing alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers for the whole season, and I really like that because that's a that's a difficult situation to come into. 
despite the fact that you're, you're two up, but you think, you know, if Hearts see that, they think, right, let's test them. Didn't test them at all. And if they did test them, <laughs> Big Man was unflappable. He was just like, no problem spraying it about. Thought he was excellent when he came on. And, uh, you know, and if he is to play in, Cam, uh, in Carol Starfield's absent for any length of time, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, no, obviously he has a small sample size with Kobayashi, but we discussed previously that we really liked how he performed against Death St. Murn and Morton, I think it was in his previous two games, and mm-hmm. he, he really was at the weekend, that one you sort of talked about when we taking away his knee, it was a phenomenal bit of play, he looks a really, really tidy footballer, yeah. obviously he's not uh, really been put under a lot of defensive pressure yet, is maybe something you could say, but I'm sure if he does get on the team that, that, that will come, but yeah, the fact Starfield going off is a bit of a blow, but Kobe Ashi coming on and putting in a good performance was uh, really important and, and good to see. Hopefully Starfield is going to be okay, but I don't think there'd be anything wrong with playing Kobe Ashi on Saturday against Tibbs, and then it's the international break anyway after that, just to give Starfield a wee bit of healing. Yeah. If it is an injury, uh, obviously he, he could be called up with Sweden Starfield. I'd imagine he probably will be if he is available because he's been playing really well for Celtic this season, but I don't think there's anything wrong with playing Kobe Ashe against Tibbs. That's probably another game with Sutton. Uh, it'll be quite open and maybe have more chance to sort of showcase his passing skills. But yeah, no, he looked really accomplished and yeah, that's, it's been three sort of solid appearances so far for him for Celtic. Yeah. And Kevin Ferrier comes around and says, Tony, remember last week we discussed who hadn't scored yet? And we said Big Cameron and Carter Vickers. Then he goes and scores at the weekend. Big Cameron carpet slippers, as he's affectionately known amongst the Celtic supporters. He looked delighted to get his goal, didn't he? He was really, really chuffed with himself when he, when he scored, and, and quite lightly. Uh, good on him. But just another impressive display for his highlights of Shoreal Aiden. <laughs> I mean, you do, we said it before, you just run out of superlatives for the big man, and he's just calmness personified. and you know, I think uh, having him at the back of the pack is just a, a real reassuring presence and he's just a consistent and solid performer every weekend, isn't he? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable how he's just <laughs> so good all the time, which is a very basic way of looking at it, don't he? But he's probably somebody that you just run out of good things to say at this point because he's just... The, the performance he puts in a phenomenal and the fact he was chipping in with that goal as well was, was good. Uh, he did score quite a few goals last season, I think it was yeah. four or five, so uh, he'll probably hope to get a few more, but yeah, he was solid defensively. Just, he, and he had like one when he sort of miskicked the ball or something that just went over the bar, but I would say that he just, he just, I don't know how he can be so consistent all the time. It's, it, it's phenomenal and I, I know obviously like there's maybe been players that have went on from Celtic. Overall, there may have been better players. Virgil van Dijk's probably the sort of one that springs to mind for a lot of people who's kind of went on to be, or he was at one point, one of the best players in the world, not just the best defender in the world. But in terms of like their actual Celtic spell, just focusing on that, eh, I think van Dijk made a lot more mistakes at Celtic than Carter Vickers has. Hmm. Eh, and his spell, like, if it went into it, I think people remember, like, you know, away turned to Milan and the Europa League, etc., getting sent off and stuff. And, Carter Vickers just he's phenomenal all the time. He, I, I, he just he can do everything so well. His distribution is phenomenal. His sort of positional awareness is excellent. He, he wins basically every challenge, every header, and he's, he can also chip in with a goal as well. There just seems to be nothing he can't do. And I just really hope that he's something we can hold on to past the summer, even if it's just for another season, because he's such an important player. And 
he's got the leadership role as well. We've seen that when he took the captaincy for a spell when McGregor was out. He was really, really important in that. So, yeah, he can just, I've got nothing but good things to say about him, Tony, I've got to say. Best defender in Scotland. If the manager says you want to talk about that, we'll have a discussion. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I quite liked that on Saturday when the manager said that because he, he was. Pete McGee saying good point regarding Virgil van Dijk. Eden, yes, indeed. Now, Kyogo does what Kyogo does. 26 for the season. Pick a number, any number. We'll see what happens at the end of the season with Kyogo. Eden, he's just one He's one of those players who clearly believes he's going to score every time he takes the partner. Yeah, he's, he, he just, he's another one that can seem he just can't do anything <laughs> wrong at the moment. I mean, he's just phenomenal all the time. And he was a nuisance for that Hearts defence the whole game. The sort of positions he was getting in, his movement looked threatening. And yeah, he's just, he's definitely, his finishing has improved, I would say, even really since the World Cup break. He seems to be a lot more clinical and. I think when we were doing like predictions for goals, like I know Sean Sean put them up online. We sort of made them at the start of the season. I think I'd said 35, I think. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, there's a good chance of that happening, to be honest, because he just seems to be scoring all the time, Tony. And he's going to get a lot of chances. So that's just the nature of the way Celtic plays. So every single game he plays, he's going to get plenty of opportunities. So I don't think it's unrealistic. And that, that would be the most in a season since uh, Dembele. Uh, in 2016, and I, I think any recent campaigns, it's still Griffiths has, has got the most with that for yeah, in the season. But obviously, he was kind of carrying the team that year. So the fact that Kyogo's still putting up 26 goals when there's plenty of players that will, I'm sure be sitting on double digits the end of the season's arguably just as impressive, to be honest. But yeah, he's been phenomenal for him, Tony, and just what a sign. Yeah, Kevin Ferrier said he said 33. I think I said 36. He didn't went one higher than you. Kaiser, Rose, big of 50 goals, says Kaiser. Robert Gibson says, nice wee flick from Kyogo. It was indeed. Pete McGee says he's going for 35 Kyogo. Go, go, goals. There you go. FS saying this is the best team to watch since Tommy's. Burns team in the treble zone. And Shell Bill says Kyogo could get a brace in the next five games. And he's also dug me up for not delivering on a Greg Taylor song. I'm still working on it. Leave that with me. It's not an easy name to to rhyme or get something to rhyme with, is it, Aidan? And Steve McGrory making a great point here. There's no penalties from Kyogo either, which is an excellent Another good point, to be fair, because, yeah. yeah, that is, you'd imagine, like, sort of all, all the recent strikers that have put up really good numbers, particularly Dembele and Griffiths, who just use those two examples since I was speaking about them there. They had a good few penalties in that uh, sort of record, so... That I don't know with Dembele in particular, I think there was at least a few. So the, the fact that Kyogo doesn't have that probably makes his goal tally even more impressive, Tony, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just thought Saturdays was just a clinical poachers, striker, predator, instinct goal, you know, near post running that flick. I, I called it impudent because I thought it was quite a wee cheeky number, you know, but just a, a player in control of the situation and, you know, with real confidence. <laughs> so well, excuses, Tony. Come back to the Greg Taylor. So I leave it with me. I'm come on. I'm a busy man. I've got things to do. But hey, I'll I'll, I'll put it on my to do list. Yeah, slap the wrist, eh? Slap the wrist. Well, you're old, Dad. There you go. And Pete Meat G says this team has got me jumping off the sofa more than any since the Lisbon line, and that's no mean feat at my age. That's quite a compliment. 
isn't it, Aidan? That uh, she's almost akin to the lesbian lines. That's that's a that's lofty praise indeed, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that that is that is phenomenal praise to be fair. Uh, and the the it is probably the most exciting team I, I can think that I've seen just in terms of the way they play. I mean, obviously Brendan Rodgers' team, that sort of whole squad, three trebles in a row, uh, winning the invincible treble is pretty phenomenal. Could be something you maybe never always see again. I mean, teams can go unbeaten in a season, but winning the three trophies while doing that is phenomenal. But I think in terms of the football, this is definitely, well, I say definitely, I think it's definitely more exciting. Because uh, I think some people would admit, even people that were a massive fan of Brent Nodgers' style, it was maybe sometimes, particularly in Europe, a wee bit sort of, just pedantic in terms of like the way the ball was passed around the back, etc. Young uh, be finishing games with high possession rates, but that's because the centre half were just sort of switching it back and forth. Whereas with Andrew's team, that doesn't really happen. Uh, the ball, you know, you see the way Joe Hart throws that out straight away. It's constant uh, for the whole game. So, yeah, uh, I think that some of that praise is uh, <laughs> is merited, Tony, because it's <laughs> worth it. Some of it is merited, I would say, uh, because the, the football has been phenomenal. I'll we'll do it about that. Well, Celtic's win on Saturday and put them into the semi-final alongside Rangers and Inverness and the winners of Air United and Falkirk tonight. Sorry, Falkirk, Air United. Well, join them, which leads me to, I guess, the, the question, who does Celtic want in the semi-final, Aidan? Who do you want? Uh, so, <laughs> I think, uh, obviously, in terms of, in terms of the... But you're right in this spot. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if you were going to ask me this, Tony, but it's fine. It's all right, I'll deal with it. Uh, basically, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think probably, I don't, when I say I want Rangers, I don't mean that out of what an arrogance point of view. What I'm saying is, if you look at it, so uh, you'd imagine if Rangers were playing, say we drew, we drew uh, Inverness, right? And then Rangers were playing Falkirk uh, or something in the semi final, you, you would imagine that they would win that game. So for me, I think you would rather play Rangers in the semi-final because as much as it would still be a potentially, if Celtic do win the league, obviously, it would be a sort of treble uh, busting game if you were to lose it. You know what it's like with semi-finals. Last season, for example, I mean, it was disappointing, but you didn't look back and go, it's a terrible season because we lost that semi-final to Rangers. And I just think if it, the pressure would be on a, a final playing Rangers for a sort of treble ex, ex, uh, at stake. I'm not saying the team couldn't handle it, they've handled a lot of pressure, but I, I just don't think uh, you would... Uh, maybe it's me, maybe it's just my own anxieties, Tony. I don't think I'd want to play them in a final. If it could be avoided, I would accept it. If we yeah. were to draw Inverness and they were playing Falkirk or here, that obviously it's likely, given the sort of differentiation between all the teams involved, that you would then have to play them in the final, but I think if it could be avoided, I'd, I'd much rather play them in the semi, Tony. What do you think is the real question? Kevin Ferrier, Rangers for me, Jerry McCann, Rangers, Pete McGee wants Rangers, Michael Ross wants Rangers, uh, yep, lots of shouts for Rangers, uh, yeah, you go, 420 somewhere, I get Rangers out the way, next, yeah, I'm of the same opinion, I, I want Rangers, I always want Rangers in cup games. I want it out of the way. And if you're yeah. going to have to beat them to win the trophy or whatever, then, yeah, as early as possible. I always say that. Every draw, every cup draw, I'll say, take Rangers. Just go, say, a gauge of where you are as well. And 
you know, even if it's early, I just, you know, you want it out of the way. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for playing Rangers. And I, like you, I think uh, it would be more palatable if you were to lose the semi-final. As you say, you wouldn't dwell on it. You wouldn't stick in your mind. You would dwell on it at the time, I should say. Yeah, yeah, right. but you would get it's over it. You'd sit still over it, Tony. Know, I, I, think, uh, I think if you were going to a final with the treble at stake and you were to lose that, then you would it would linger with you all over the summer until you came back. You know, so I, I, best avoided. But I, I would be confident of beating them in either the semi or the final. Not arrogant, just confident, just the way they're playing and the way the manager said that once they get Hibs over, that, that once they play Hibs and then once they get the international breakover, they're heading for the finishing line. You know, I, and he wants them to finish strong, he always does. So, yeah, um, I think Celtic are in a good position and uh, whether they get Rangers in the semi or not, neither here nor there, but the draw, I think, I believe is tonight after the early United. Yeah, it's on BBC Scotland. Yeah, yeah, online BBC Scotland, so we'll find out tonight. can talk about it all tomorrow, Eden. See in terms of who they get, but yes, I think uh, another happy Monday, Aidan. Celtic made light work of Hearts. Scottish Cup at the weekend, three 0 convincing, uh, commanding, and uh, masterclass of a performance. As one of the commenters said earlier, have to go along with all of that. But uh, thank you for all the comments, guys that come in today. I really enjoyed it. Always enjoy happy Mondays. Aiden himself, oh, say it's result dependent, but we've had a few of these happy Mondays now. We're getting used to it. We're, we're, enjoy, season, we're enjoying it, but we take it one happy Monday at a time. You know what I mean? But there you go. Yeah. Now I'll just direct you all again to the ticker tape running along the bottom. You know what to do. Hit that button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. It costs you £2 two months of unlimited access to everything that's written on the website. And over the weekend, you might have uh, might have read it or not, but a wonderful feature on Lou McCarry and the work that he does for the homeless. I'll uh, put it in the comment section here if you didn't read it. It's, it's worth the read, guys. And there's also a bit where he talks about Jock Steen being the, the best manager he, he ever played for. I'll put both of these in the links, and they're worth the read. You agree with that, Aidan? Yeah, I had a Lou McCarry one in particular. I would, I would definitely recommend people have a look at. Obviously, the work he's sort of doing is, is well publicised, but uh, I think there's maybe a few wee things there that people in there that people didn't know. So I, I, I would definitely give that a read if you can. And the story about uh, Steen as well is, is superb. So yeah, no, that was that was uh, a, a good bit of journalism from yourself there, Tony. That's say. very kind, Aidan. Uh, you're only as good as the person you're speaking to, and a wonderful man and he gave me about an hour of his time and he it was just it it was an education and you come you know there are times when you leave a phone call with talking to somebody and you just say wow and that's that's an interview that i, I put out on twitter yesterday i said it will live me forever just speaking to him the humility and the compassion and just the way he just wants to help he's been doing it for seven years now and big up to him it's a subject close to my own heart and it's a subject that's very close to his clearly and he's did something about it so i'm uh, um, big up to lou mccarry but if you wanted to read those guys it's there i put them in the comment section it's well worth it it's uh yeah and go and see the inspirational work that lou mccarry does with the homeless and how he feels about the legendary jock steam yeah you won't be disappointed let's put it that way 
Uh, thank you, Aidan, for your contribution today. Excellent. Really enjoyed Hello. that. 35, 36 minutes flies in, doesn't it? It's just these happy Mondays, Aidan. You can't beat it. It's going great. But, uh, and we also say thank you to our sponsors, Seneca and the Celtic Way Morning Briefing. It's now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And as you know by now, Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Hope you've enjoyed today, guys. It's always it's always good when Celtic won, isn't it? Celtic on to the semi-final. Don't mention the treble. Hibs next. That's all. One game at a time, Tony. One game at a time. One game at a time. Exactly. That's exactly how we do it. That's exactly the way the manager wants it done. So who are we to question that? But thanks, Aidan. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful Monday. Happy Monday, as always. We'll see you, hopefully, for a terrific Tuesday. Goodness knows what we'll talk about tomorrow, but we'll worry about that tomorrow, Aidan, won't we? Never a dull day talking about Celtic. Take care. All the best. Cheers, guys.